Brooklyn, New York. I'm Lisa Butterworth, and this is Caught Red-Handed. This is episode seven of the Caught Red-Handed podcast, and it's the episode where I interview Debbie Barvey. I've been waiting for a long time to interview her, so I was very happy that it finally happened. If you are a fan of Debbie, you're going to love this episode. You're going to love it even more if you also like snorting, guffawing, and cackling mixed in with your introspective art chat. There's a lot of all of those in this interview. I was actually kind of nervous to talk to Debbie because she's the first person I've interviewed for this podcast, who I don't even know that well in person. I've met her once, but uh, we didn't really have a lot of contact um, in person before or after that. In addition, I am a huge fan of her work to the point of being kind of a crazy fangirl, so I wasn't sure I could pull myself together enough to have a coherent conversation with her. Kind of reminds me of this old SNL skit. I don't know if you remember it with Chris Farley. He has a chat show in this skit where he interviews stars and his questions are all like, um, like, let's say he's talking to Robert De Niro, he'll say, oh, you know that scene in Raging Bull where you do X, Y, and Z, and Robert De Niro answers him, yeah, and Farley says, yeah, yeah, huh. that was really cool. Uh, so that's how I kind of felt like I was going to be talking to Debbie. Um, in preparation for this interview, I got a lot of help from my fellow henna artists who submitted questions that they would like to have asked of Debbie, and this really helped give me a framework for my own questions and for the conversation and also provide a lot of really great jumping off points. So I thank them for those questions. Even if I don't specifically ask those questions in this interview, they definitely inspired me. The conversation between us flowed so well that after three hours had elapsed, we still had topics to discuss and hence the two episodes split, which seems to be the normal for this podcast these days. There is a lot of laughing in this episode, and yet at times it sounds like I'm talking to my therapist. I learned so much about Debbie, but I also learned a lot from her, and I learned a lot about myself. I've been feeling really stuck in a creative rut for a long time, and I've known what to do, but I just didn't want to actually do it. I'm that annoying friend who complains all the time but never listens to any of your suggestions. Um, And strangely enough, one of these suggestions, one of these things that I knew would get me out of my rut came from Debbie from many, many years ago in a post on the Henna Tribe forum. We talk about this a bit in the interview, and we also talk to my infinite and deep embarrassment about how she felt influenced by me back in the day. Considering the awe I feel for her and her art, I really can't believe a word of it, but if what she says is true, I really need to get my shit together and live up to her opinion of me. On that subject, I had a bride the day after my interview with her, and I did something that the bride really liked, but I don't feel like for me it was very challenging creatively or very uh, artistically interesting. I was really glad that the bride liked it, but I feel kind of like I cheated her out of a much better and more original design. 
I obviously didn't say that to her, but we talked about her coming by this winter and letting me um, practice new designs on her. And she was really excited about that. She lives near me and is really into henna. So hopefully that will happen. I was thinking after that, that when you sit down and look at a bunch of photos of your own work and you can't tell one piece from another, it's a definite and sure sign that you're in a rut. You will be happy to know that I have taken Debbie's advice to heart and I'm going to get out of this rut. I have one more bride this month and my goal is to take a step in that direction of challenging myself and giving my client something memorable, something that won't blend in with everything else I post on Flickr and Facebook. After this marathon interview, I had to eat something and then get to bed, but I was so energized and stimulated by our conversation that I couldn't get to sleep. And I'm telling you this just to warn you in case you're susceptible to insomnia, you might want to listen to this in the morning instead of right before bed. I will try to make future episodes more somber and even for those of you who want to listen before bed. So enough of me talking. Let's listen to Debbie instead. Enjoy. I am here with Debbie Varvey. Do you like Debbie or Deborah? Whatever works. Uh, okay. Deb, Debbie. Wow. So yeah. many possibilities. I'm just going to call you Debbie because <laughs> for some reason that's what uh, just sticks in my head. After having met you, it's really hard to call you a crone. You just seem very, you, I would say most people who've met you probably say the same thing, that you just seem very vivacious and youthful and excitable. Oh, thank, you. <laughs> thank you. I am excitable. That's, that's true. I have to own up that. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a bad thing. <laughs> Got to go with your strengths. Oh, that's yeah. Strength. Oh, yeah. Excitability. <laughs> yes. So um, I put out a question to a bunch of my uh, fellow henna artists asking, um, telling them that I was interviewing you and then asking them what they would ask you. And I just got a whole bunch of really interesting questions. But it was it was uh, funny to see how many people really wanted to ask you questions. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so be prepared. <laughs> I'm um, not. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is just a conversation, so don't worry. There's okay. uh, all I'm going to do is ask you stuff that uh, you probably know already, and maybe just never actually uh, articulated it um, before. So don't don't fret. Um, <laughs> so I'm not really sure where to start because I also have a ton of questions that I want to ask you and lots of things uh, that I'm curious about, but. Um, when I was thinking about this interview with you, I was looking at a lot of your work and just kind of immersing myself in it. And I would say that you probably have the, probably one of the most unique styles in henna and definitely the most recognizable and, and not just your style, but also the way that your henna flows. You just have this amazing, flow and liveliness to your henna, but then you also have this incredible precision. And a lot of the questions that I got from people w were variations on how do you do it? Um, <laughs> so one really interesting question that somebody asked was if your batiking background influenced your henna, did you do batiking before you picked up henna? Um, well, yeah, I did, but not to any great degree. I learned how to batik in high school. Um, okay. And I liked it. I love messy projects. <laughs> it, it, the messier, the better. That's if it's a messy, messy one. Yeah, totally. And kind of out of control. It's very difficult, at least for me, to control the liquid wax. And yeah. 
And I, for some reason, I find that very appealing. If it's a messy project, I'm not afraid. In fact, I'm very much drawn to it. Oh, interesting. And I kind of got into batiking again because of the henna, because of my hmm. booth. I wanted to, it to be highly decorated. Yeah. And I ended up with a color scheme that I kind of fell into. I didn't really have, I never, I never have much of a plan. It's <laughs> <Just> going with <laughs> the flow. Just go with the flow. And I ended up, it, what I realized was I ended up with a color scheme that my mother would have loved in mm-hmm. maroons and greens and golds. But I needed a pop of color. I needed something bright. Mm-hmm. I just felt hungry for that. And I fell back on batik. And so I initially restarted doing batik because I wanted a pop of color in the booth. Oh, so, no, I don't think the batiking really influenced my art in henna. I think. The opposite is actually true because I was relying very heavily on henna designs and patterns yeah. that were inspiring me to create the batiks. And I thought it would be a nice flow, you know, seeing yeah. the, the henna designs in color and on the batiks. So it was more opposite, actually. But I, I think I, I don't, I actually not exactly sure how to answer that original question. Well, I, no, that's good. I love the way it feels. I think for me, art is, you get, you you develop that hand-eye coordination and that muscle memory to serve the emotion that is coursing through you, that you're trying to control and, huh. and lay down. Yeah. And the flow, when, when you lay down that long line, it just feels so good. Mm-hmm. It's that oh, yeah. yes feeling, <laughs> yeah. that little rush of endorphin explosion. Mm-hmm. And I really love it when that happens. And I think that's just feeding that rush. Um, also, the fact that I love stringy henna. Mm-hmm. I love it. To be oh, yeah, so- me too. <laughs> yeah. So you understand. I mean, oh, yes. I, my, my, one of my favorite little catchphrases, and it's probably very nasty, is embrace the snot, be the snot. I just love oh, yeah. that stringy, <laughs> snotty henna. Uh, and the way you. it. Yeah, it wants to drape. It wants to do that. And so it's not just my joy at laying it out. It's also the henna going, oh, yeah, that was good. And so. (laughs) Yeah. And do you ever notice how the skin seems to like almost reach for the henna and kind of like pull the henna down to it? So cool. Whenever I see that, I'm just like, shit, this is something beyond just drawing. Absolutely. The henna, it more or less takes over the skin, the whole experience of laying it down and there's this extremely exciting energy exchange (laughs) between the client the henna the design the the whole experience of creating it's yeah it's pretty addictive (laughs) is there anything else in your life that's like that like maybe another art form or some something else in your life that has that same kind of endorphin kick well, I will describe? say that right now, henna has taken over my life in so many ways, but <laughs> creating in general really does that for me. Um, I love, I've, I've recently begun to do some wood burning because it does act like mm, henna. Yeah. If you slow the tool down, the line thickens up. If you speed the tool up, the line thins out. Yeah. It, it's very much like henna. And I, I got into doing the wood burning because I I actually have control issues and couldn't control the, the henna on the wood as well. As oh, I thought you yes. meant like bigger control issues, like uh control freak OCD kind of thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it's maybe this is some kind of therapy, wood burning therapy totally for type is. A. Yes, the henna, everything, it all feeds those <laughs> issues. And by the way, it's actually not 
OCD, it's OCA or ACO if you really uh, want uh, it to be what? in order, what? like it should be. What because is that? It's your, it's your obsessive compulsion, compulsive attribute, not your oh. disorder, dear. Oh, it's I your see. Oh, okay, attribute. disorder is too shaming, I guess. Yes, I, I apologize. So. Yeah. yeah, I just, it's, you got to go with your strengths once again. Exactly, exactly. Oops, these are my we strengths. Need, we need attention We're... to detail at times. <laughs> like our, you know, neurologists, we need them to be a little OCA. <laughs> exactly so. Or, or even, yeah. Just, just throwing it up there. There we go. <laughs> I've also heard OCPD, which is obsessive compulsive personality disorder. And I guess that's like OCD light. It's like your personality, not a, you know, an illness. Genius. Yeah. So, so now that we have both exhibited AD. ADD or ADHD by going, going <laughs> away from what we were saying. So you would say, you would say that you get that endorphin rush and that thrill, um, from any kind of creation. And you were talking about wood burning. And I want to ask you, is wood burning, um, a, like when you are doing the actual drawing, are you pushing or pulling the tool? Um, it's a little pushing. It's in fact, I only started last year and, um, had a, the first time I did it, I had a really difficult time. I almost hurt my hand because I kept squeezing them. Oh, yes. Squeezing the tool as though yes. I could, I could really control the situation like I do with Anacone. <laughs> I have been there. I have been there. I do that with pens. I, my friend gave me her tattoo tool to practice with. And I was like, my hand was killing me. Cause I, no matter how hard I squeezed, nothing more came out. <laughs> We've trained ourselves way too oh, well. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Plus, you have the strong hand to support that. So. Absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it is more of a, it's, it's a, it's a little pressing. I mean, if you press, of course, once again, you'll get a deeper line, you'll get a thicker line. Oh, okay. It'll be more intense. And if you lighten up your pressure, not the squeezing pressure, the pressing down pressure. Yes. And then, of course, you'll lighten up your line and um, also the speed with which you drag it, which is why it really does a little bit in a, in a, in a small way replicate the, the application of henna. Yeah. But it's still drag and, and speed. It's not so much pressure, except it's a different pressure. It's a downward pressure. But okay. mostly the tool, the tool itself is relatively heavy um, huh. compared to, a, especially compared to a henna cone. Yeah. And so if you, if you allow the tool to do its work, it's... It sort of does the work for you. Oh, it's yeah. Very, so you can just yeah. kind of let the weight of it press mm -hmm. down into the wood. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. It's it's very, once again, it's very addicting. And I am I like it as far as the control issue. I was doing henna on wood for a couple of years, mm -hmm. having decent results, but then finding that I think the organic nature of the henna with the the organic wood and then something about the varnishing Mm -hmm. I was having some weird crackle reactions that were not attractive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, some different, sometimes it would get sticky and we're not very humid out here in California. Mm -hmm. We're quite dry. Yeah. So I knew if I was having sticky issues, it would be hard to ship to anybody oh, in right. more humid climes. Yeah. And if I can't control my results, I have, like I said, real issues with that. I take yeah. it very personally. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it's very important for a henna artist. It is. And, and for, I think, most creative type, well, not, I shouldn't generalize, I suppose. Some people may let, be able to let it go easier, but 
yeah, I have I have these creatrix issues. I am the creatrix of my universe, and I like things that must behave. <laughs> yes, I like that. And yet you have flow. You have that control, and yet you have flow. And I think that's that's what always grabs me every time I see your work is is uh, just kind of like dances and swings back and forth and has a rhythm, and yet everything's just where it's supposed to be. So I guess your control is just the right amount. Well. It's, you, it's interesting that you bring that up. I, I, it is the release of that control that I think makes me think about it. I think that's what helps the designs flow. I, when I teach, I do like to remind the students that the way I work is very organic. And each line dictates what will happen, what, will, what the next line will do. Mm. It, the original line, if it's laid down beautifully, acts as a template for yeah. every line that comes after it. Hmm. And each shape then will dictate what the next shape will do. And so even though you may start with, and I do have my templates, you know, you, if you repeat a pattern enough, and as a festival artist, I repeat a lot of these motifs yeah. over and over again, you certainly have a template to rely upon to create a bird, to create a skull, to create all of these things. You start with the eyes and you make the bony brackets and you come down to the upper jaw and there's a way to create it together. But within that template, almost anything can happen. Mm -hmm. And depending on how you make that first eye, that's how the second eye will look. And the way the eyes are placed, that's how the bony brackets will look. And the way the bony brackets are placed, that's how the dome of the skull will look. And each element dictates what the uh, next element will look like, where it will be placed, how it will react with the, the, what came before. And so if you work that way, letting it happen, kind of releasing some of that control it's it's a lot more fun and yeah. unexpected things are allowed to happen unexpected things should be encouraged to happen it's frightening it's do, terrifying do you feel like that happens a lot the unexpected and what and what does that unexpected look like for you terror <laughs> <laughs> well i mean like what's actually happening like you accidentally put a line down wrong or you yes. put the line down correctly yes. and yet so it's and, a, lo a wrong line Yes. Or um, not the one you planned, let's say, not that, wrong. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that was, a, that was a red flag word right there for mm -hmm. me. I, I was going, thank you for correcting yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that for me is like, no, there, there are no wrong. Exactly. It's, exactly. it's unexpected. Yes. Totally unexpected yes. will happen. I'm, I'm slightly dyslexic. And so, yes, the spiral will spin the other way. The yeah. line will angle out in exactly the wrong or opposite way you want it to go. Mm-hmm the pedal will have the wrong shape and you're sitting there for half a second looking at it going, Oh, that is not what I intended to do. And but yet... now there it is. <laughs> yeah. And there it is. And sometimes, <laughs> you know, if you can quell or derail that moment of panic mm -hmm. and fear, sometimes that's where all that magic happens. Yeah. Like how but, do I now create what I yes. had intended with this? Yes, because now it can't go the way I intended. I intended mm -hmm. something to peel off of that spiral in a certain way. I had my template down, my pattern in my head, <laughs> the way I normally do this. Well, now I can't. It's going the exact opposite way. It's going the wrong way. If I mm -hmm. peel it off that way, what will happen? So what? now what? Now, if you can pull back and look at what you've done thus far and allow allow all of that information now to process 
something will occur and it Mm -hmm. will be some wild hair idea some (laughs) little quiet voice in the back of your head goes i know let's let's do this over here and i i I think it's my left brain usually says oh no bad idea (laughs) it's gonna be a train wreck it's just gonna go downhill from here if you can silence that and just trust it trust it and take a chance and do something with that using all the information that you've already laid down. If you've made a pretty spiral, if you've made a pretty scalloped edge, if you've made a pretty angle in a leaf or something, Mm -hmm. you've already got a lot of information there. You've already got a lot of good stuff. If you could just work with what you've got there and let something flow, whatever is you're feeling, whatever is, is being suggested to you and trust it, you'd be surprised. Some of my best discoveries come from that place. And of course, some of the things that I'm like, yeah, I'm never going to do that again. (laughs) (laughs) But at least I did it. (laughs) At least I did it. And that's also very good information. That's very, okay. I think at this point is where the train, the train derailed and all the cars began to pile up and there was no, no going back. (laughs) It turned out okay, but I don't want to have to go through that again. At least I'm alive. Yeah, yeah, usually, exactly. usually that's my epitaph. At least I have three lines. <laughs> Thank God. So, so what what would you say to a beginner who is doing henna and they put down something unintentional? So they're doing kind of a freestyle design. They're just kind of going with the flow, and then all of a sudden, you know, the pedal is more squat than they expected. What? what do you think is the best way to prepare for that eventuality for a beginner henna artist? Learn not to focus on it. <laughs> to focus because, on the mistake you mean? Yes. Or the, the, the so-called the unintended line, let's say. Unintended squat little pedal. <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you know, maybe you've made three gorgeous, wow, look at what I did. And then here comes little Mr. Squat. And you're just like, why? <laughs> Where did you come from? And can't you go home again? And, and everything was going so well. Why did you have to show up? <laughs> so step one, stop crying. Yes. And, and don't hate him. Yeah. He's really cute and adorable. <laughs> and you may, I mean, a tool that I've, I uh, borrowed from Natasha, Natasha Papasek is mm-hmm. a great little tool. It's what they used to call the orange stick. Oh yeah. Or the cuticle stick. Yep. Your, yep. I always keep one behind my ear. Yeah. The, the shorter ones with the pointy end and the rounded flattened end. Oh are yeah. 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 Priceless. Yeah. Those are great. Um, the longer ones with two flattened ends are fine too. I think you can get the shorter ones at target. I think I bought them. I think I bought them out the last time. I saw them <laughs> yeah. I see those a lot. You only get five per a pack and I lose them every day. All right. So they're fabulous and you can nudge out that little line as soon as you see it you just whip that out from behind your ear and smoosh it out a little bit and and it'll be fine but never panic and but what if you decide to not fix it and you're just going to go from there do you think there's any kind of prep an artist can do even beforehand like as they're developing as artists yes just learn to embrace it learn to utilize what happens Mm -hmm. because it's it's uh, it's like I used to tell the kids in the after-school art classes. There's no wrong answer. Mm-hmm. Everything that you do in art is correct. Some things are perhaps more correct than others, which <laughs> means some things are more successful than others. Right. But everything, every answer, this an- art is anarchy. Every answer is correct. Yeah. It's not like you know, one and one can be eleven. Yeah. Yeah. One and one can be eleventy-one. <laughs> it can, doesn't have to. It doesn't have to be two. 
always. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It can be whatever you want it to be. And so if if something unexpected happens, learn to go with that. Yeah. So you you've made that little squat pedal and you're thinking, wow. Okay, if I thicken the 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 little squat part, wow, look, now it looks like a little like folded over pedal. That's kind of cool. What if I put a spiral behind that or a little leaf? Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. I'm gonna stick a little leaf behind there. Yeah. Go with what can happen. These these are little portals. These are little these are little fun things that happen. And you just don't know what's on the other side. You just don't know what cool thing that you may learn to rely upon. And now maybe you'll you'll make that little squat pedal every so often just because, hey, that little leaf fits right behind there. Just yeah. so. Yeah, and, and that'll become your favorite cool. thing. <laughs> it happens to me all the time. Hmm. All the time. It really does. The way my, my peacock's wings go, that was a mistake. That was that, that long spiral with that drop. I took one look at it and went, oh, what? Oh, the, pe- the, the feathers don't go that way. Now the feathers have to go that way, but it's yeah. incorrect. But that may what be, did I do that for? <laughs> that may actually be the key to the flow that I always see in your designs is that you, you're not sticking to a preconceived notion about yeah. how it should be. You are just kind of letting the design unfold Yes, and, and, and then going with that unfolding instead of fighting against it yeah when you fight it when you struggle that's what you're communicating Mm. if you're in the moment and enjoying i think that's another thing i would tell especially beginner artists because we are all as beginners i remember how shaky i was Mm -hmm. and how terrified of every line (laughs) and how terrified of the, the client and the moment but i wanted it so bad that's the only thing that carried me through was for some odd incomprehensible reason I wanted this moment so bad that I just powered through all of that fear and trepidation and it's unnecessary it's entirely unnecessary and what we forget is that really what art is whether it's henna art or painting or whatever it is it's the communication of emotion yeah and it's very powerful what we do is that we are using line and shape and form to to control energy and energy is emotion and we are actually pinning that to someone's skin yeah and so if you can at the very least enjoy the moment that is exactly however however awkwardly or clumsily you may be (laughs) making your foray into this field that is what you're pinning to their skin and if you're doing with it with a modicum of enjoyment and joy and enjoying that moment with this client and that you are in your moment and having doing what you really want to do that alone. That's very powerful. And it's what the client is also paying for, whether they can state that clearly they're not paying just for a design because they could just, you know, get something from the drugstore and, and, you know, temporary tattoo thing. What they're, what they're getting is your original design, but also the energy that you're putting into the design and the experience of watching the creation and being part of it. That is the crux of the thing right yeah. there. That yeah. is the foundation of what we do. And that will carry your day. If you can stop, take a breath, however frightened or anxious you may be and just say wait this is a beautiful day this is a lovely person in front of me i have a henna cone in my hand all is right with my world let's have a little fun (laughs) let's have a little fun today because the henna will carry the day 
really believe that. I've yeah. never really seen a henna design that didn't have some charm and grace to it. Yeah. And sometimes, however clumsily it's laid down, that adds to that charm. And the more you can infuse it with that lovely intention and that enjoyment of your heart and smile at your customer and bend your head and have a little fun, <laughs> that will carry your day. You have to just bank on that. That yeah, definitely. Is, is what will carry you through. And I will work with that artist any day of the week over <laughs> the technician who is clean and concise and yet has no appreciation for that aspect. Yeah. That leaves the the client cold and sitting yeah, there a exactly. little bit confused. And I'm done. Yeah, no, the design is done. Go. Yeah, that Next, please. I, I, yeah, I don't care how precise and elegant your work may be. It, it will lay flat. Yeah, and it that moment is lost. And yeah, I would prefer to work with someone whose skill level is not of a par with that, but they get the heart of the matter. They get the energy exchange. They get the moment and the intimacy and the gift. Of, yeah. Like you say, what they're paying for. They're paying for that interaction. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. So I'm going to go back to the batiking thing. Um, do you think when you're using the batiking tool, is the wax just flowing as you're drawing or can you control yes. it? <laughs> Which it is, is. Why, which is why batiking is so good for me. <laughs> Can't really control it. The wax as it melts is like water. And I have the so-called better jaunting tools. I hope I'm saying that right. I have no idea. The, I've seen it spelled, one... but I don't know how to pronounce it. Yes. I yeah, I try not to visualize it in my head. I think yeah. it sounds like chanting, but there's that J in there and that yeah. T, and I want to try to acknowledge them, <laughs> but it's probably incorrect. But um yeah, the little copper cup with the tiny little spout. Yeah. And there, I have three different sizes and I have two of each because I have to control something. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to see the bigger picture here. Very interesting. Yeah. Tell me more. <laughs> You're making notes? Yes, I, I, I am. Like, I actually feel like I should be reclining. <laughs> yeah, lie down on your couch, please. Let's just complete this picture. Let me get my pipe. This is actually getting a little frightening. <laughs> Very interesting. <laughs> no, it's just a cigar. I'm telling you, it's just a cigar. It's just a henna cone. <laughs> oh, it really is. I'm telling you. It can't be. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, jeez. So, back to, back okay. to chanting. Or whatever it is. Um, so so the stuff just, the wax just flows just through. It flows right out of it. It really does. Um, and so I, I have just wads and wads. I end up almost knee deep in um, paper towel wads because um, you have to like get it over to the spot that you're working on without, oh, without dribbling on it. Yeah. Yes, wax all, all along the way. And uh -huh. then at the crucial moment, remove the, the wad and move. You have, just have to move. And hopefully you've got it pretty well planned out. And you just, I mean, with the, it's very much like the henna, only faster. Yeah. I uh, really yeah. got to move it. And so I'll, I'll sketch everything out with a light pencil, um, like a yellow or a, or yeah. a light orange or ochre color and, and very basic. Yeah. And then um, just start outlining and, and going through. And I actually have 
the one thing that I love that I've learned to control a little bit is the painting of the the dye. You can thicken the dye with uh, it's a seaweed thickener. I can't oh, exactly okay. remember um, what it's called right off the top is of it my kuzu, head. Kuzu, something like that. Mm. Anyway, but, uh, anyways, <laughs> it's you can get it at Dharma Trading, and oh, okay. it's a seaweed thickener, and you you mix it all up, and you have a big jug of it, and you mix your dyes with that, uh-huh. and so the the dye flows more like paint, more oh, more less cool. like watercolor. It's yeah. almost like a cross between the watercolor and acrylic. Oh, okay, that's cool. Because it's it's still translucent like watercolor, but it has a more of a gel, mm, like a yeah. slight jelliness to it. So yeah. it, once it hits the the cloth, it doesn't immediately spread. Yeah. And so I can actually control that a little bit. And then just the the fun part is once you get blocks of color down, you can either wax over those blocks of color with pattern or with just solid, mm. you know, brush the wax on with, you know, a, a bristly brush, really tough bristly brush. Yeah. And um, just block all of that in. And then you get to go out in the backyard with gloves and splash dye all over God's creation and yourself <laughs> and gloves are hysterical because somehow I still get dye all over my hands. Yeah. And, and then that lovely <laughs> armband ring that you get at the top of the gloves and there's still, you still get blue fingers. I don't know how that happens, but well, really, you really still... do like to get messy. Oh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I just, I do look like I work in a coal mine or I'm homeless or something at most of the time. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Sounds very charming. <laughs> it is absolutely <laughs> perfectly charming <laughs> it's a miracle that anybody approaches me in my booth at all <laughs> sits down with me lets me touch them and hand them it's like, really you're the bravest person i've met all day <laughs> it must be a very like uh, bohemian experience for them like oh i'm going to go get hennaed by that crazy arty woman over there this is going to be cool it's it's so much fun because often i I have been this person for such a long time now, and I don't really <laughs> notice it anymore until sometimes a new person will come to the booth, and you see yourself reflected in their eyes in that moment of startlement, <laughs> and you can see them, like, editing all the things that they were going to blurt out. Yeah. And just, like, smiling big and going, yeah, I know. I Thank you for reminding me. Yes, I am a crazy old crone. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, now the crone is starting to make sense. I understand. Yes. Yes, welcome. Come on in, sit down, and don't be afraid. <laughs> so, is there any other art from your from your past that you feel like influences your henna? You know, I'm just about everything. I've been really, really fortunate. I think, I think it's a fallacy. I mean, I remember as a young artist and in some of my college classes, thinking, "Oh, all these materials I'm buying and I'm never going to apply it to what I truly want to do in my heart, you know, which whatever it was at mm-hmm. the time, I mostly colored pencil drawing and pen and ink and stuff like that. Huh. Pen and ink, especially all the line work that you do always, always reflects well with the henna. Um, but I don't think any of it is wasted. I don't, I, I think it is all utilizable in ways that we probably can't even fully appreciate, but I've been really fortunate. I had two incredible mentors, as teachers that totally changed who I was as an artist and who I am today and still their influence is felt. And I owe so much to them, things that you can totally name like perspective and color theory and proportion and just, and then all of that stuff that, that runs beneath all of that, the the ability to trust your, your instincts and the, the freedom to explore all those weird, crazy ideas that, 
bubble to the surface that even you're kind of startled. Really, I, I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's good to have somebody to say that's okay. Just uh, see yeah. where it goes. Just try it. it. It's not going to cost you anything except art supplies. Yeah, and and you're going to buy those anyway, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. And you're going to create anyway, so you might as well just go down that little rabbit hole. Yes. Just close your eyes and jump. It's cool. <laughs> so I just really, yeah, I've really been so blessed and so fortunate. And then this, this henna community, you guys were tremendous. When I found you on Henna Tribe, Aww. I am not kidding, Kenzie. <laughs> I, I, I can still remember the first time I posted. Oh, it took me a week to post my first I can't picture. even imagine that. But... Are you kidding? I just was terrified. Well, it, I, I had been working in a vacuum. Yeah. For years. Yeah. I, I, I'm in what we laughingly refer to as the Inland Empire. Why do you call it that? I saw that on your I, website. It is what, what the area calls itself because it is, it is so not a vacation destination. It is between the mountains and the sea and the desert and the, and the sea. And we are in the hellhole of heat and pollution oh. and rather, I mean, we have to embrace our ghetto-ness and be very, you know, earthy about it. Where it's, are you exactly? I don't even know. I'm in Riverside. I'm about an hour east, almost on a line from LA and an hour west of um, Palm Springs and about an hour and a half north of San Diego and about eight hours south of San Francisco. So I'm in no man's land, essentially. All right. I'll just have to look it up I'm, on a map. Yeah, you'll have to look <laughs> me up. Yeah, because nobody goes to Riverside. It's not Aww. like, I mean, we have the Mission Inn. We, we do have that. It's okay. Like, What's it, that? It, it looks, it's a full city block built by Frank Miller over the years and he built it like a fungus and it has cool. everything from asian influenced architecture to spanish revival to french rococo and it's insane wow i everybody who comes to visit i take them to the mission inn because it's our redeeming oh, sounds really cool <laughs> it's super cool i've been i've lived in europe it's it's as cool as anything i've ever seen in europe it's just remarkable wow and that's about all we've got <laughs> um and that's it i mean I like it because I am centrally located and I can get to all of my gigs and things that I need to get to within, yeah. within about an hour, hour and a half. But nobody thinks I'm going to Riverside for my vacation. I would be oh, like, yeah. hey, Why sweetheart, are you I need that? an intervention for you. <laughs> <laughs> you need professional help. I don't so, know what's wrong with you. <laughs> what? So you were saying that when you started out in Henna, you were in this, uh, you're in like a bubble or a vacuum. Oh, yes. I was in this vacuum. And I, I had bought Loretta Room's book. And yeah. I had bought, um, my first book was Henna Head to Toe. Just stumbled oh, upon Oh, yeah, that. yeah. Um, and then um, then I found Loretta Room. I found, when I finally got my computer, I got an old used computer for my brother. I found Henna Page, but didn't even know that you could, that it had a forum that you could like interact with people. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea what forum meant. I just saw that she had books. And so I, I, what did I purchase? I purchased, um, Kim Brennan's. Oh, I purchased Lazard's. Oh yeah. Um, and, and I had to actually call to purchase them. I, you know, I had to like do it with a, with a credit card over the phone and, and wow. it, she sent it to me and it was really nice. Um, and so I was working off of that and all of the books and I, oh, and I also had that one book with a lot of traditional henna designs in it i can't remember what it's called it's still in my library i found that one at barnes and noble and mm. so i was just working in a vacuum and then i finally 
somebody I had no idea what I was doing somebody said you should do this for money and I was, <laughs> I was like really and they were like you go down to the local market on Wednesday night and set up a little booth and I thought that was just a crazy idea <laughs> I was like you really you think that's a good idea and they're like yeah you can't sling a dead cat in Venice Beach and not hit a hen artist it's like everybody's doing it and oh. so I thought okay so I didn't want to do it by myself. So my friend went down with me. We pulled our resources with an umbrella and some stuff. And we started doing So that's where I started developing. Because people would look at the traditional designs on my hand and go, and on her hands, because we were handing each other. We had yeah. ourselves napkins and paper towels and all her kids, friends who would sit until they actually wouldn't even come over anymore. They were like, no, you have to leave my friends alone, mom. And people would grab my hand and look at it and say, that's really beautiful. Uh, can you do like Mickey Mouse or, oh, or yeah. a dagger through it? And I would be like, okay, thank you for the cultural whiplash, but yeah. what? How did you do that? How did you make that leap from a traditional Indian design to Mickey Mouse? Yeah. So I, in my effort to do henna, make a little money um, and pursue this new avenue, I would try to fuse things a little bit, you know, to be true to the art form and to be true to myself and my own aesthetic and yet make these people happy enough that they would want to come back and so when I saw the work that was be done, being done on henna tribe and I was like oh god these guys are amazing and <laughs> what the hell am I doing I, have I don't believe you I don't freaking... believe you oh it took no me one listening is gonna believe you I'm serious it took me a week to garner no, the courage. no 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 you were born Oh, no. A fully formed, amazing oh, henna artist. No. I am sure of that. And no you one are... will dispute it except you. You have no idea. Uh, seriously. <laughs> I will never forget the two women who wiped the designs off as they walked away. What? So horrified at what I had put on their skin. And I was so horrified that I had charged them money for it. I ran after Silly them and fools. said, let me give you your $5 back. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I was like, no, 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 it's fine. And I was like, oh, God. But I still went back <laughs> next week. You know, it's like either it's either a wow. curse or a blessing. I don't know. Yeah. It's jobs. But no, seriously, I really was, I actually, I had, I lurked for a long time because I was, I had to be sure that you guys were not going to like dogpile me and go, Aww. you are an idiot. You are just not sure of what you were doing. And let us, let us guide you. I mean, that was what I was hoping for that y'all were going to like be, okay, let's take her under our wings and yeah. be nice to her. And, and then look how you grew. Attention. Look how you just like left oh, well, the nest thanks, and flew thanks to you guys. like one of your phoenixes. Oh God. <laughs> I'm going to po start posting some of my earlier, early Phoenixes and y'all are going to laugh and laugh and laugh because I'll never forget when I tried to do like some kind of bridal style hand with bunches of butterflies in there and you were so frigging nice to me. I almost cried. I just sat there. I reread that thing and I just kept coming. Every time I opened my computer, I'd like, let me, let me look at that post again. Because me personally, I was nice to you. Yes. Insane. You were so good to me. I was like, Kenzie liked it. Oh, oh my God, Kenzie oh, liked it. Oh, this is like a happy, happy day. I don't it believe was, this either. Seriously, are you kidding? I was overwhelmed with joy. <laughs> seriously, overwhelmed with joy. Y'all were so kind and and, and oh, awesome. supportive and nurturing. And I was just, I visited every single day. I was just like so frigging happy. It was so validating and, and, ah. Uh, just, wow, so if we had been mean uh, to you, there would be no, there'd no, be no it would have gone underground. 
you know, you can't help it. You doing I'm, Mickey Mouse. This time, it was, it, I was a lost cause. I had already <laughs> been doing henna for I don't know how many years, four years, maybe wow. four, three to five years. So I was already a lost cause. I was, if I was already doing it wrong, it was too late for me. I would have had to dive underground and I would have visited you guys surreptitiously and hoped that you did not know I was there. And I would have just like longed to be included in the past. I am glad that we were nice to you. I would have been fringy and worn my scars. <laughs> God, I hope they don't snap at me again. Oh, and then you would have gone on Facebook and you would have found nice people there probably. Yeah, eventually you find your tribe. Yeah, you really you do. do. You you have to seek them out, and then and they have to recognize you. And I was so freaking lucky. I mean, seriously, because then my work took off because I had you guys to draw from and yeah, learn from. There's something it, about that community. It's just oh, so important when you're growing. It's so true. I mean, now Facebook has like more or less replaced it all because it's yeah. like so much more global and every. I mean, you guys were very global, but I mean, yeah, yeah, it's it, really global on Facebook. It is. And it touches so many people. It really does. And just the quantum leaps you start to make as an artist are phenomenal. I just could not. I It, it fed me. It was like gasoline on the fire, man. Yeah. It was yeah. just. Oh, I feel the same way, too. It's amazing. Oh, it was fantastic. It was fantastic because all of a sudden you're not alone. You don't feel like. Okay, all these weird little things that I've been doing. And then you see, oh my God, when I saw your amoeba work, I was like, yay, <laughs> yes. Somebody's doing weird shit out oh, there. It was so good. It was so, oh, so thanks. good. It was visual sex. It was fabulous. <laughs> I was like, yay, I need the amoebas. Need yeah, the but amoeba amoebas are asexual. So explain oh, that. Okay. That well. There is, does it need explanation really are you sure no because no it just talking to me it was so powerful things. that it became sexual instead of yes. sexual so and you're trying to say such a base natural way just like <laughs> you know <clears throat> earthy and good yes oh yes. i miss Lying those days of love. henna <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. oh god well i'm so glad that we were there to be a part of your uh your birth and your growth that's um the best things about truly that. integral yeah, yeah. truly yeah. integral i mean i think i really you were my third mentor oh you guys were totally my third collaborative mentors that you just really strengthened and empowered and gave me tools oh my god technical yeah. as well as creative tools yeah. that were invaluable yeah. to my growth as a henna artist and as an artist in general yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's amazing how much just uh, hearing that other people are like, I always had trouble mirroring a design. And, you know, I'd have to kind of draw it out in advance before I could even do a spiral in the other direction after doing it in one direction. And I thought I was just a complete loser as an artist. And then I posted something about that on Henna Tribe thinking, you know, everyone's gonna laugh at me. And then all these people who I really respect as artists are like, Oh, yeah, me too. No biggie. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, I can let that go. I don't have to think of that as my as a disorder. It's just, you know, it's it's what we it's all struggle with. Our, yeah, it's, it's so it's so reassuring to know that the struggles are universal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That oh yeah, there are the, there are those who can whip out a a mirrored design and they kind of get it, 
but for the most part, the rest of us are going, really? Yeah. I just tell my customers that symmetry is so overrated and try to re- re-educate them. <laughs> exactly, really, exactly. Is so overrated. Would you yeah. like to do the same but different? Same but different. That's that's really cool. Exactly. <laughs> I sometimes do that if I just don't feel up to it. I'm like, you know, I'm going to yes. do something that's the same like general layout, but it's going to be different. And they're like, oh, wow, that sounds great. Yes, because actually I think when they ask for the symmetry, that's really what they're asking for is some balance. Exactly. That it not look cobbled together, that it not look unbalanced or like I have two different random designs, that it has some balance and, and, and it has symmetry. It doesn't have to be mirror image. And then there exactly. are those who are OCA and they def, or ACO and they definitely want a mirror image because they're all yeah. about the symmetry. Yeah. And they those usually, those people, and I've had them give me the whole symmetry explanation and how it has to be that way because that's who they are and that's what speaks to them and that's where they can rest and do you you then tell them that you're going to do it asymmetrical in order to challenge them to grow past their um oca-ness i you know what it depends on the person i have done that in the past i really have i always smile and look at them wickedly and go it's time to break the mold baby yeah exactly Time to go into the day. Walk on the wild side. Just uh, face your fears. Yeah, let's face your fears. Let's make this wild. Come on, you can do this with me. But then there are those who probably would slap me or, you know, jump up and screaming into the night. Yeah. Never look back. And so you don't want to really traumatize people. I don't think that's the message of Henna. Yeah. So yeah, you kinda have to play that one by ear. Um, you know, I have I've actually actually learned also to be able to to say, you know what, baby, I'm just really not feeling that today. Yeah. You know, I'm really not feeling that yeah. today. And I'm, I'm afraid that I'm going to, you know, I'm just do not feeling poorly. up to it. Yeah. yeah. Do it poorly and you're going to be unhappy and I'm going to be unhappy and we want to avoid that. What else can I do for you today? Yeah. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm more about the, let's all be really, really happy when you stand up. Exactly. Let's all do, do what's, yeah. uh, what we're here for. And if I'm not here for that, then. Maybe it's best yes. not to do it. Yeah, come back another, come back next week. Maybe I'll be yeah. really feeling it. I'll yeah. be really feeling strong about it because it is very it's a very emotional. Yeah, definitely. It has a very emotional element. Yeah. What I've also noticed is it's I think my Bloom, you know, my she's my business yeah. partner, friend, yeah, yeah. and also now she's also been my booth babe for years. Oh, nice. And she does the really big events with me, and she says, you know, by Sunday afternoon when I've stopped babbling. At the customers and then all you know, my energy level is at its ebb and yeah. and I'm quite tired. She says, "My God, you kick out those designs because you're just not fighting it anymore. You're really not. Oh you're not yeah, because you're just exa- exhausted and yes, you're not thinking yeah. so hard. You're not trying so hard. You're not editing so hard. You're just letting it happen. Yeah, and that's sometimes, man. In fact, I did yep. some of my better designs when I was." deathly ill during the lemon fest i was oh, so wow. sick that i couldn't believe i was i was henning and every time i'd stop and look up i'd be like oh good it doesn't suck so, <laughs> i'm good wow. win, win. have a nice day i think i'm gonna die now how many more and bloom is really smart one more and they sit down and then it really is tonic you you go into that zone you're no longer aware that how freaking sick you are and how your head is pounding and you think your eyeballs are going to explode and you can't breathe and you try not to cough and you uh-huh. just want to die. And then you finish and you look up and you're like, oh, good. It doesn't suck. Okay. Have a <laughs> that's, nice day. That's considered success. <laughs> yes. How many more to, can you do? And then at the end of the day, Bloom is like, 
wow, you really could kick out Hannah. And then another couple of events, she's like, yeah, Sunday you do really good work. <laughs> On Sunday when you're really freaking tired. Yeah, and you just, and you don't just aren't, don't care. Yeah, you're not thinking. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not that you don't really care. You do care. You really want to do good work because that's why you're there. But you're just not like super editor person yeah yeah you know good, you're yeah. not like let's make this shine let's yep. make this do this let's make yep. this really you know knock it out of the park this time it's more like okay let's do a really nice design okay that's a good one all right here's another good one all right you know what let's do that flower over there yeah we'll do that whatever all right that's really good yeah all right, all right let's do this okay all right yeah the your left brain is too freaking tired to care yeah but your right brain is like yay that brain is shut up and tired. Let's have some fun. Water over here. <laughs> Leaf over there. Whip that thing out over in the other direction. Turn it on its head. Yay! Let's do it. <laughs> and then you're done. And you're like, whoa. Okay. I guess that I was can wild. do this. <laughs> yeah. I guess that worked. We should take a picture because I'll never be able to replicate that. <laughs> Wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> that came out of nowhere. And, uh, I don't even know who did this. I don't know. <laughs> I love that though. I love those kind don't of designs. You? So you're like, oh, I did that. Shit. That's when you're you're really in that flow and in that yeah. moment and totally immersed in your right brain. Your left brain yeah. is like totally bored and shut up, mm-hmm. and you're able to just like let it go, let it happen. <laughs> Stop editing. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. I used to when I was a kid. I used to think that that was when the dead artists. We're really taking over because when you're a kid, you're really aware of your limitations. You yeah. really are. You've never, you haven't done that very often. Yeah. And you're like, you're not really paying attention, and you're like, lolly, 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 and you're making a horsey, and this is the horsey that doesn't look like a dog. How did that happen? Oh my gosh, I should have paid attention. And then you would think, I wonder if Van Gogh was here, <laughs> helping me know. along. I don't know how good he was at horses, but yeah. Or somebody, you know, whoever, you know, Rembrandt or somebody. Yeah. Come up behind me and grab the back end of my pencil. Yeah. They gotta be bored. But you have to turn your brain off to let that happen. You do. You have to turn your brain off. You yeah. really do. And if you if you if, if you can do that, and then happily, luckily, and and reassuringly, Lee, that is a learnable skill. Yeah. All of this is all learnable. Yeah. You you stumble into it until you forge that pathway and you learn how to recreate that that you know how to get state yeah you totally know yeah i used to have to fool myself and now i I know all the little triggers and i know all the little places and i know the shift and you you start to recognize how that shift feels yeah and you hunger for it and so you make it happen yeah given this state of mind that you're talking about do you what kind of emotional or mental prep do you do before gigs? And do you have a different kind of prep that you do for festival work as opposed to like private appointments or brides? That's a really good question. And I think that's one of the reasons I really like festival work so much is because the, the setup of the booth has become my, my, Oh yeah. It's like my Zen moment where you're creating your space you're creating, you know, I've done it so many years now that everything is packed a certain way. It comes out a certain way. It comes out in a rhythm. Mm-hmm. It all goes up in a rhythm. And <laughs> it it is my my meditation before work. And then I always try to get there super early so that I can have my, you set everything up, have your moment of relaxation. You, you fill your little cone basket. You fill your lemon sugar basket. And then maybe you have a little something to snack on or drink and yeah. you're ready to work. Parties I don't do as much of, and so that I 
I do have to develop something for that. I have to make more of a conscious effort of, I do try to get there early parties. It's a little more difficult. You yeah. don't want to freak out the hostess and get there too, too early. Yeah. I usually try to let them know that I'm going to try to arrive, depending on where the party is. If it's in LA and traffic can be hellish. Yeah. I try to tell them, warn them I might get there 30 minutes early. I don't mind sitting in my car for 15 minutes. If you're not ready for me, right? I'm trying to stress anybody out. Oh God, the henna artist is here. Yeah. Now I have something else to think about. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't want to do that. Just you know, I need a little corner, depending on the time yeah. of day where yeah. you have me. What kind of party I, it is? What kind of party it is? Mm. I made you know. I always provide my own lighting. I bring a plug. I bring a lamp, or you know, I, I may need a plug to plug it into. Um, but I do want to set up, sit for a moment take in the atmosphere, uh, chit-chat with anybody who's available, yeah. and, and then begin to work. It's not as familiar to me as my festival setup, my festival work. So you so find it more challenging, you think, of, it of is. private parties? It, oh. it is more challenging. Oh, it's usually within the, the first three people that I feel like I've found my sea legs uh, and I'm in my zone and yeah. I'm okay. Um, I'm, I'm also a lot more aggressive at parties when I'm on the clock. I'm aggressive. I am. What do you mean I'm, aggressive in what way? I will, I will, I will find you and make you come and get him. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I'm, uh, if I'm at a festival or event, I usually sit there and sketch and I'll oh, look up yeah. if somebody looks, stops at the booth, I'll look up and say, let me know if you have any questions and I'll continue to sketch when you're ready for me, you'll call me. I, I'm, it's, I'm much more passive at a party situation. I feel like I'm on the clock. I feel like you've paid for me. The last thing you want to see is me sitting there. Yeah. Or people realizing at the end of the two hours that you've been hired, that the, all of a sudden they want henna and then you're like, yes. sorry, got to run. Yeah. I won't do that. Yeah. I, I will absolutely jump up. I will yeah. approach dancers, cool. diners. Yeah. I'm here. It's wrong to let me go to waste. I'm going to get a little so, hot So how aggressive are you? I mean, I know you're from New Jersey, so I'm wondering if that part of you <laughs> kicks in or something. It's, like, it's, If nobody comes, if I'm having trouble, yeah, you're right. I start to get that, come on, hey, is nobody here? You, really? You're going to let me go to waste over here? you got to come sit down. And, what, am I chopped liver? I chopped liver over here. Do I look frightening to you? I'm, I'm here for your entertainment. Come in, be entertained. Let me do my job. <laughs> Come and sit down, please. <laughs> Let me do something nice for you. It'll nice. be lovely. You'll love it. It'll be butter. It'll be fantastic. <laughs> there we go. That's that's the real that's the real Debbie in there. <laughs> you don't want that to happen. Sit down. <laughs> so, do you set any kind of intention in your mind? Like, do you have um, like goals that you set for yourself for that particular day? Do you always have like a certain intention? Or is there anything that you, you kind of go over in your head before a gig? No, I just want it to go well. I want people to be happy. I want to create fun art for people. I want to be open to them. Mm. I want to try to be open to what they want. That's good. Within That's my really limitations. Good. That's a good thing to remember. Yeah. I, 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 I Within limitations, yes. Yeah, of course. Within my limitations. I mean, oh, my gosh. You know you get these. Mm -hmm. I want you to, what do you want today, baby? What are you feeling? Yeah, I've learned to pump people for information. Yeah, because when even when they say, "Oh, do anything you want," no. they don't really mean it. Yeah, you don't want <laughs> you don't want anything because yeah. you're gonna get one of my amoebas. So and exactly, we'll be happy. you're gonna get an eye with a flower. <laughs> you're not. I might read you completely wrong. 
Eric I'll take that eye with a flower. I'll take that. Of course you will. You're the, the amoeba woman. Yes. You will love that. I, I, I'll, I'll throw an amoeba in there because you've so inspired me just because we need an amoeba. Amoeba yes. eye. The thing, the thing. It'll be great. Oh, and my God. We, ha we have to collaborate. We have to collaborate. Yes, ma'am. It has to happen. But, I mean, I've read people right, and that's always mm. a very satisfying moment, but I've yeah. read them wrong. Mm. You know, oh, you see yeah. This what I really wanted was like a Dallas Cowboys logo. And yeah, like, I'm like, really? you didn't want to look at all the flowers you're wearing and the, the peace, love, far out, and Hare Krishna man. And really, you didn't want the ganache? Wow. So, hmm. I, yeah, I've done that too. And so I learned to pump people for information. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you get everything from, well, well, I love water. Oh, God. <laughs> Those are my favorites. I, that always makes me go. So what do you do with that? I'm always I'm, like, I just kind of roll my eyes inside of yes. my head without them seeing. But how without, do you how do you I, translate that into? I grab my hand before I slap them, and I say, <laughs> "Really, water?" And I try not to make it sound too incredulous. <laughs> really. Mm, interesting. And you try not because I've also learned you don't you don't ask. So what does that mean to you? Because then they get even more esoteric. Oh, yeah. even more, well, the flow and the thing and the thing. And the, so I usually <laughs> yank them back down to earth. Like, so you like a fish? <laughs> do you want a fish? Do you want a uh, jet ski? <laughs> what exactly do you like about water? How about a bathtub? <laughs> I can do an awesome uh, clawfoot bathtub for you. Yes. With a shower, with the old time you shower thing. It'll be great. How about You're a puddle? A puddle? You want a puddle? <laughs> A cloud with, with the little puffy cheeks blowing in the rain and the thunder. The lightning thing going happening. Is that what you want? Is that what we're thinking? I don't know. You know, so it's kind of, it is kind of dangerous. Oh, God. Oh, that reminds me. I want H2O. Oh, yeah, exactly. God, Let me time. draw the water molecule for you. That would actually be really cool. We would. So how's that working for you? <laughs> I'm going to get smacked. That's what's going to happen. That reminds me early in my henna career, I did um, henna at this party in Brooklyn and the actor Tate Donovan was there Neat. and he was kind of nobody back then. Like, I think he was, um, he was what's her face's um, boyfriend on friends anyway. And oh, yeah. he's like, Oh, I'm dating this woman named Dawn. So could you like do a picture of the Dawn? <laughs> I have never seen such a hideous henna design in my life. And he agreed. <laughs> it's a moment though. Yeah, exactly. I'll never forget it. He's probably, yeah. you know, had a million people do henna on him since then. And I'm just like one, one of those million. But for me, remember it was the dawn? just, I remember the dawn. yeah. And he probably isn't even with Dawn anymore. <laughs> Look, I got a tattoo for you, Dawn. <laughs> I got something for you. What do you think? How nice is that? And eh? she's like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> let's, let's just agree not to see each other anymore. <laughs> That's hysterical. Oh, God. oh, my God. I love those stories. That's so, brilliant. So going back to what people ask of you. So when I look at your designs, I'm like, is somebody really asking you to draw like a crab with a mermaid on his back playing the harp or is that just like what you come up with but, am yes, i wrong yes and yes yes what and yes what yes yes i've had, <laughs> I've had those clients oh god love them oh Jesus. You know, i want flowers and roses and pussy willows in the face of a monkey oh my like, god really 
somehow I'm just not feeling the monkey. If I and get clients I, like that, I'm sending them to to California. Yeah, you oh do God. that. I thought we were friends. <laughs> but you're so good at it. It just comes naturally to you. You know, I don't know. It depends. You know, you get those wild hair moments where you're just like, I just want to throw that 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 crab in there. It's, I'm feeling it. It's totally yeah. cool. Yeah. And then I just, you know, it's really interesting. The design, when the design dictates and you're in that moment, that's you kind of just go with the flow and trust the flow. And I do love the wild really do i love the odd and the wild and the mm-hmm. bizarre bizarre and juxtapositions of things love that makes me extremely happy Aww. makes me just feel like yay but so you yeah, feel like you you can rise to that occasion i like i it depends, in most cases once again it depends on the energy of the moment it depends on the person and and what they're requesting and how they're requesting it and my mood yeah. of the day am i feeling really super creative and up for any challenge or am i just feeling a little pedestrian today am i feeling a little tired and kind of worn um do you sometimes... ever suggest that stuff to people like you know a, oh, VW, a vw bus with uh, an octopus coming out the windows or something oh i do i mean if you get a, an odd hit off of people, like the, the girl with the bug, with the eye in it. I had just done an eye, you know, a, a couple of girls at Tribal Fest. And I love the belly dance events for those reasons, because they, they always want something unique and original and different. And they, mm-hmm. they love that. Yeah. So the, her it was towards the end of the fest. I think it was the last day, last few clients. And it had just been wonderful. And she, one of the couple of girls comes in, they, they sit down and you can, they're, everybody's glowing, you know, it's been a great fest. And oh, nice. um, so she's like, I want something different. I want something unique. And I just smiled and looked at her and I was feeling it. So I did the eye with the organics around it. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's great. And so she gets up and her friend sits down and says, I love that, but I don't want that, but I want something strange. And I don't know where the bug came from. I don't know why I wanted to do the bug. There must have been something that I had seen or experienced or I don't know. We were outside. I do love praying mantis. <laughs> is it is that plural pl- yeah, praying mantis or mantises? No I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I just thought, ah, that's it. As soon as I thought of the bug and the body and the thing, I was like the eye with the that's it. And I, it was one of those moments. And so you just, you did the eye, you did the, 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 is that the thorax? I don't know. And then I, Oh, you have to have a couple of wingy things coming down and the little legs, it makes it more buggy and the little hairy bits on the legs makes it yeah, even more yeah, creepy yeah, yeah. buggy. And then the weird bizarre buggy eyes and the little freaky buggy hands that rub together almost like a fly Yay! It's just, it made me very happy. And her? And what was her reaction? She loved it. <laughs> I'm like, sure. Yay! I'm so glad. <laughs> well, you know, because I actually did a skull with the little pinpoint dots in the middle of the eyes with the snake's tongue coming out of it for a guy last week and got the flat response. Oh, no. And I was really feeling it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, oh, dude, I'm sorry. But he was super drunk too, so. <laughs> and, and maybe he was just one of these guys who can't express express himself emotionally. Uh, and that's true too. Maybe. But I, I'm not sure that he was feeling it. But he did take oh. good care of it. He came winging back in and bought us all some wine later on. So that was huh. nice. Um, and 
I just thought, okay, that's nice. Uh, he was very gregarious and he wanted something. And it was very strange. I, I tried to sell him on the flaming eyeball idea, which is a surprisingly hard sell. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it never seems to, nobody ever wants it. I'm really kind of surprised. Really, that's, you the, know? that's the quote of the day. A flaming <laughs> eyeball is such a hard sell. It's surprising. <laughs> It always surprises me. I don't know. Doesn't it sound intriguing to you a little bit? Well, yeah, but I'm on your wavelength. Yes, this is true. I can imagine an average American is just like flaming eyeball. What? I don't know why that still surprises me. Every time I go, you know, I do a flaming eyeball. And everybody just looks at me like, okay. <laughs> but it's kind of cool. You, you should let me do it. <laughs> They just never let me. But then Ugh. when they do, I will say this, when they do, they're happy. So there it is. They need to just listen to you. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so that's, um, yeah, that's a tough one. It's like, give me something, make up something for me, whatever you want. And yet, you know, you have to find out what that, what they really mean by that. And then I always find that I kind of dumb it down. Like, well, when people just want me to do whatever, what they really want is just a paisley flower stripped down the hand. And I'm not really yeah. being very creative. So, Yes, you are. Oh, uh, 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 liar. Uh, liar. Uh, that was horrible. <laughs> terrible. You can't go to hell. I'm just saying. Um, we have to just agree <laughs> to disagree. <laughs> so a long time ago on Henna Tribe, I remember you saying something in response to one of my questions and it just has always just, it's always sitting there in my brain, just reminding me. And, um, I, I can't even remember my question, but your answer was basically that you draw all the time yeah. and that you're always drawing and you find pictures of animals and you just draw them again and again and again, and you keep drawing until your drawing of it is no longer just copying that image but you're actually starting to create your own yes uh conception of that animal do you still do that do you keep oh, up yeah. the drawing all the time oh yeah and you have to you you really have to I, it, otherwise I, I can always feel it especially it happens usually it happens at least once a year it feels like now where everything looks the same and it, the first couple yep. of times that happened, there were it almost engendered panic attacks. That happens I, once a month for me, but yeah. oh wow, see you're just like <laughs> so, way ahead. Of so the tell curve. me the cure. No, I mean I feel like everything looks the same, and I'm bored, and there's nothing new going on. So well, the cure um, is to is is that we are creatures of habit. However mm, creative we feel, mm -hmm. at least for me, however creative I feel that I am, I am more or less a creature of habit, and. Perhaps being a festival artist or, you know, the, the fact that we deal with the public as henna artists mm -hmm. and are not feeding our own muse, solely feeding our own muse. We are also feeding the desires of our clients. We do tend to fall into these patterns of creating. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's what's happening. You're falling into this pattern and you're re relying upon these these tried and true patterns yeah. the things that you can rely upon you can kick out these designs yeah. and but it's not feeding your fire it's not feeding your creative muse you're you're not stretching your your skills you're not pushing the outside of that envelope yeah. at least for me that's what's happening mm -hmm. and i realize that's the wake-up call that's like okay you know what you've been meaning to to address the fact that you don't do the big cats well 
it's time to do that. It's time to, you know, you, you've, you've loved golf style for so long and you have no clue how to lay that out or the rhythm of it. It's okay. time to do something like that. So how do you do that? So let's say your goal you start is to, to draw copy. the big cat. So you just, what, uh, what are your sources for copying? Oh my Other God. people's I, drawings or photos yes. of the actual animals? That, everything. Anatomy? All of, all of that. All really? of the above. Wow. I, for Hannah especially, um, I, okay, so I've got an idea for this really intimidating ginormous drum that I bought at the Fiber Dance Festival last year. And it is an intimidating drum. It's it's large. It's it's a frame drum. Mm. Normally, I buy the cheap tambourines and I work on those, and those are not intimidating. Yeah, this is an intimidating sixty dollar frame drum, and I need to do a piece of art on it. And I'm starting to feel what I want to do, but I because it is intimidating and because I want to do a good job, I will download. I think I want to do something oceanic on it. I found already, I've got on my desktop, this amazing piece of art with a woman with a fish head. And then I will download, I have a whole bursting at the seams binder of photographs from National Geographic's that I pick up at mm. yard sales and mm. thrift stores. And I'll cut the pictures out and glue them to uh paper and then mm -hmm. put them in sleeves and try to organize all of that and then i'll also just download things from the internet and print them out and then i'll i have a lot of dead stuff in the house i have shells and seed pods and um i do i have bone collections and cool. i have all kinds of stuff oh, that you are I will, a crone damn yes and i will put all of that on the table anything that i'm thinking that will be remotely useful in this mm -hmm. piece and i'll put it all on the table and then I'll work. And what's the work? You just draw those you things just start. or do you draw you other start. stuff? I'll, I'll start. Sometimes I'll start with the eye or the silhouette. Or I try sometimes to start with, I mean, if I think, okay, that angle is going to give me a lot of trouble. The angle of that face is mm -hmm. just going to, I know it's going to give me a lot of trouble. So I'll try to deconstruct it in my head. I sometimes sketch, but often not. More often I don't. Because the sketching, it's almost to me like measurements. Measurements mm. are a fool's paradise. <laughs> <laughs> At least this fool's paradise. Where you think you've measured it and it's all going to be perfect. And yeah, then and then you realize, rely on that. And then afterwards you realize your calculation was off. And Yes, and yep. it's wrong. It's yep, my fool's paradise. There. And been sketching there. the same way. Especially if the sketch turns out well, it's almost like a jinx. So sketching as opposed to what? As opposed to just starting to lay the design down and trusting the process. Oh, I see. Like sketching is in like light, light lines. Light sketching and, it out. Yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I don't like okay, that. Gotcha. Okay. I, it, 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 I, it, it messes me up. So you're just I there sketch with a pen. in sketchbooks all the time. I sketch, I always have a sketchbook oh, okay. um, in the booth with me. Um, it's almost like not wearing earrings. If I, I forgot it like a week ago and I was like, really, I don't have my sketchbook. <laughs> <laughs> So what are you sketching it um, when you're in festivals? Are you sketching? Uh... Anything and everything. Sometimes things that I'm having trouble with. Um, just sometimes you just start like drawing like shapes and like when I was having trouble with paisleys, I would just draw paisleys and paisleys and paisleys and play uh. with the, the lines or uh. drawing flowers. Or just sometimes I just start and draw a flower and just start drawing. The The benefit of drawing every day is what you're really 
what we're all striving for is that hand-eye coordination and that muscle mm. memory. Yeah. The only thing that gives us that is the repetition. Yeah. And all of that feeds and serves the emotive aspect of what we do. And so if you can, if you can get that hand-eye coordination, you're no longer like drawing the eye. I've, drawn, I've done it enough now that I, that I just, it's an eye. It's like writing mm-hmm. your name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is you don't you don't think K E N you just write Kenzie and you don't it's sit there one. and you don't sit there and go oh I wonder if I'll be able to form these letters today <laughs> exactly <laughs> so it's already in there yeah. you've done it enough yeah, times yeah. that it's in your hand it's the gotcha. muscle memory is there and now you can do it I'm feeling bold and dramatic today so I'm going to write my name bold and dramatic or I'm feeling very precise and mm. clean and elegant today mm, yeah. or this 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 document demands or i'm feeling cursify or i'm feeling all yes. caps or something or i'm feeling furious and they're gonna feel it too <laughs> i'm going to like just gouge this name into this page so <laughs> however you're feeling that that name now serves but the letters are still yes, in your the, muscle memory the, yes the elements yeah. are still there and so mm. now you can serve the emotion and the same thing happens with the drawing. If you draw every day, if you, and it doesn't matter what you draw. It really mm. doesn't matter. As that's why sketchbooks are so important. And even hennaing on now, when I do classes, I always bring construction paper. It's cheap mm-hmm. and it's so un, not intimidating. There's nothing intimidating about a construction paper. Yeah. And that way people, you all of a sudden you don't see them make those tiny little tentative chicken scratches with the cone anymore. You yeah. see them. I grab a cone, I squeeze it out over the construction paper. I'm like, I'd love to see you do this now. Look at those pretty, pretty scribbly lines. Instead of those tiny little, oh, I'm afraid of my tools. I'm afraid of the skin. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Yeah. Just, just lay that bad boy out. Yeah. You need to know how that feels. You won't know how that feels until you do it, and you won't do- know how to do it until you just do it. And so the <laughs> do same it thing to do the, it. Do it to do it. Same thing with the sketchbook. Slap that line down. <laughs> it feels real good. Yeah. Lay it yeah. out. Slap it down. Just cover that lo- that that page with those lines. That's such it great advice. It feels good to do yeah, it. It's true. And then you're going to want to make that happen again and again. And then those lines are in your hand, and that that is going to serve your work. So just drawing every day drawing every day and it, it actually finally you get kind of tired of oh I was drawing that bottle so carefully I screwed it up you know and like oh fuck it I'm just gonna draw the bottle yeah I'll do it again tired tomorrow and I can do it, it again yeah yes and I think no, I think yeah. my issue and I think this is maybe what a lot of people feel is that each uh, and maybe it's because I do henna's I feel like every drawing I do has to be perfect no. You know, like with henna, you're doing it on a person and it has to be correct in that moment. And so I think I translate that to my sketchbook as well. Like, oh, I can't just wipe this off. It's already staining the skin. Yeah. Even though in a sketchbook, I can definitely erase. I have my eraser and, you know, I can always sketch over stuff. But mentally, I feel like it has to be perfect. And I get very precious about my drawing and then it kind of intimidates me and I don't look at my sketchbook for weeks. Yeah. And that's, that's, you have to go back to your inner, I know I've already used this stupid term, but inner child. It's true. And when you said construction paper, I was like, wow, that would just like bring me back to kindergarten and just crayons and construction paper. You have to channel that because the one thing I did learn from teaching those little wonky after school art classes was Mm -hmm. that we all have are born with amazing 
instincts, artistic instincts. Yeah, it's so crazy cool. to see those kindergartners, what they lay down, mm-hmm. how they already have the balance and the flow down and the proportions yeah. down and the, 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 even the perspective. And then you give them some color and they do the complementaries without even thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. And all you do is go behind them and label everything and, and, and so that they understand the terminology, not really so that they understand the concept. So that the next time they hear somebody say complementary colors, it's not like Greek. Yeah, exactly. And yet you're and, not saying like, well, this is wrong because they're not complementary colors. No, and it's not wrong because they already know. It's right. Yeah. And, they, because, and the immediacy and the joy with yeah. which they let that crayon touch that paper mm. and the joy in that simple act of dragging that across the paper and that magic of a line follows it. When you reduce it to that and you find where that is again and that joy in that, yay, we have crayons of paper and you just start to (laughs) slap it on down. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good place to be. It's a really refreshing and exciting and joyous place to be. And you know what? Even if you just plan to throw everything away when you're done with it, that's a really freeing and liberating thing to do too. You're not creating to create. You're just I mean, creating to 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 keep. You're creating to create. Yeah, just to get it out of you, out of your system. Mm-hmm. Like breathing. slap it down, lay it yeah. down. It's really yeah. good. It's so good for you. Yeah. Stop thinking and start doing. Just like red is pretty and green is pretty and yellow is pretty and it's all very pretty and mm-hmm. just start scribbling. It's all very good. It's really very good to do. It's, it's, it's really important to do just to let it flow because really magical things. When you, if you sketch and doodle when you're on the phone, have you ever noticed that, geez, look at what I just did. Yeah, where did that, that come from? That little bit is really very cool. I should save that. That little bit over there too is exceptionally cool. I should yeah. save that because you're not frigging paying attention. Yeah. You're talking. And exchanging. I think- Go ahead. I think also my, um, it's turning into a therapy session for me, but, um, I also <laughs> find that <laughs> yeah, one of us is going to get therapized. Um, uh, I find that, um, I don't draw unless I feel inspired. Like I have this idea in my head and then I have to draw. And because I haven't been drawing them out of practice, I don't have that muscle memory, as you say. And then I don't feel capable of reproducing this image that I have in my head. And so I just give up. But the inspiration comes from working every day. Yeah. And I think that that's that's kind of where I'm missing it. You know, I get inspiration every once in a while and that's the only time I draw. But if I drew more, then I would get more inspiration and then draw more. So it's kind of like priming the pump. It's a, it's a discipline like anything else that yeah. my, one of my mentor art teachers, uh, uh, Betty Falk would, she's like, really, you're going to wait till you're inspired. Mm. You'll draw like three mm. to five times a year. Yeah, exactly. You exactly. can't do that. It's so true. You can't do that. Then you're not an artist. You, an artist is somebody who draws every day. I mean, yeah. you just, you, you have, I have a sketchbook by the couch. I have a sketchbook in my booth. I have a sketchbook in my purse. They're all the small ones. <laughs> yeah. They're not expensive. I buy them on sale. I buy them when I see them. I have a, I have little pencil cases every frigging where, <laughs> and I use those terrible, horrible mechanical pencils. Oh, I do the same. <laughs> yeah. And I just draw it. Just, you just sit there and you just frigging draw. Yeah. yeah. Just do it. And yeah. it just, it's, it, you're not going to show it to anyone. Yeah. And you would be surprised the crap that is in my frigging sketchbook. And the, I love the one in my booth because 
people are always like, oh, can I see your sketchbook? Like, it's some magic thing. And you're like, yeah, yeah. I don't look at it. There's a lot of crap in there. I mean, there's there's phone numbers. And it, it contains everything. Right. It's not one of those artful sketchbooks. Where you're like, oh, look, there's a bridge. And, drawings, oh, there's a, yeah. there's a cypress tree. Isn't that lovely? You know, it's <laughs> not that at all. There's that stupid, and I probably shouldn't have said that. I apologize to all the clients who really want that heart <laughs> that is made from the treble cleft and the bass cleft and oh, it's upside down and inverted and there's several of those because i can never remember how to do the frigging thing and i just you know i'm at the point where i'm going to be like you're going to get what i give you <laughs> gonna do it my way okay? that's why you came to an artist and not that's just right. like a photocopier yes i'm not gonna take it off your phone anymore and sketch it for the umpteenth time in my frigging sketchbook because now i think i have five in there so <laughs> you're not gonna find the damn thing so <laughs> I mean, it's filled with that, and it's filled with a couple of inspirational things, and it's filled with a lot of garbage. But go ahead and look at it. Yeah. And then what I really, really love, because I know I must be doing it right, is when people will find a pencil and sketch something in there, too. No way. And then you find it weeks, months, years later, and you're zipping through it, and you're like, what? That's Where so did that cool. come from? That's cool. And you're like, yeah, that's what it's about. Wow. That's I really love cool. that. Yeah, I really, really, really love when that happens. And so that's what a sketchbook is. It's just crap. Yeah. It's just yeah. crap in there. And so you've got to disgorge that crap. And that it, that's where it all starts to become something. Nothing is ever wasted. Nothing is ever lost. And it's not anything that you're ever going to use. Yeah. So get over it. You're, yeah. It's, yeah, it's exactly. not that special. Yeah. But, but the only way to draw is to draw. Yeah. That's the only way. That's Thanks, only Dr. Crone. I think maybe... <laughs> Maybe I feel a little bit better about this now. <laughs> Same time oh, next week. Yeah. Your session is up. Pay the receptionist <laughs> on your way out. <laughs> Does my insurance cover this? I'm not sure. I don't know. Talk to the receptionist. I don't, I don't know anything it. about insurance. I have my client. My next client is here. <laughs> yes. Come on the door, hit you on the ass. <laughs> oh god yeah okay so i'm cured um well i took a lot of notes in that and um you know i'll see oh my if god, uh... i'm so sorry i apologize no 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 because i mean this is something that i'm struggling with currently and oh, you know this idea of how to get how to move forward in my art and how to yeah just evolve as an artist and i really don't draw um at all so, and I, you know, and I, I understand all of the psychological underpinnings, why I don't and all the stupid and why it's stupid, but, and, and yet I don't draw. So we um, get in our own ways. We do. We, we, we make everything we so much do. more difficult than yeah. it needs to be. And yeah. just, yeah, buy yourself a bunch of sketchbooks and yeah. have the pencils oh, I ha ready. I have tons. Pick it up. It's all just lying around within arm's reach as we speak. Yes. Pick it up and just do it. And then yeah. just close it and, and walk away. It doesn't even have to be for any amount of time. Two yeah. minutes, five minutes. Yeah. Just do you, a, do yeah. anything. Yeah. I just, think you're right. Yeah. Exactly. And work, do what works for you and sketch what you like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's another true. Thing. Sketch what you like. Sketch what you're interested in. Not, it doesn't necessarily have to be because whatever gets you there. Bribe mm -hmm. yourself with chocolate. I don't know. I don't care. Just yeah. do whatever gets you there. Yeah. Yep, so that was my interview with Debbie. I hope you liked it. Isn't she awesome? I feel really um, invigorated by my conversation with her. And as I told you in the intro, after I finished with her, I could not get to sleep. I was just so um, energized. Anyway, I hope it had the same effect on you, and I hope it made you think. Part two of this interview will be in the next episode, so stay tuned for that. 
As always, please subscribe on iTunes and feel free to leave any comments on iTunes, on the blog, or on the Facebook page. The blog is at caughtredhandedpodcast.com. Thanks to Nash Korm for the photos that you'll find on the blog and also on the iTunes page. Thanks as always to Shlomi Cohen for the intro and outro music. His new album, Breather, just dropped. You can download his album at iTunes as well as on Amazon or Google Play. Again, the album name is Breather. You can also get it on his website, shlomicohen.com. There will be links there to uh, the places where you can buy it online. So please support independent artists by buying his album. Thanks again for listening and tune in next time for part two of this interview with Debbie. Thank you. It was so, so good. It was visual sex.